0: I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. They have before us an
1: ordeal of the most grievous kind. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory in spite of all terror. Today, we're going to talk about our enemies. They aren't hard to find, and they aren't hard to hate. So what do we do about that? Find the answer to that question today on The Other Club with Dr. Michael Teeson and myself, Tim Tyso. It is so good to have you, listener, back with us. We've been on a bit of a pause this fall, but it's so good to be back with Mike Teeson and uh, to have you along with us. We want to remind you that this show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with ChristianWeek.org. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. ChristianWeek.org exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. So as the year comes to a close, the opportunity to make a difference is now, and your generosity can be the catalyst for change. And we're going to talk about the need for change today. Uh, We need to raise $50,000 before 2023 concludes. Our chief litigator, James Kitchen, has been busy working on our case filings, and your immediate support is essential would you consider a year end gift to help support and fund these important legal cases $100 $200 $1000 join us in our mission your year end donation to liberty coalition canada can ensure that the torch of liberty continues to burn brightly in our great nation now that may a little be up be up for debate today mike but it is good to be back with you and we've we've got a great show ahead today don't we
0: yeah, it's good to be back, Tim. Um, uh, I think uh, other club fans and listeners uh, have been angry at you uh, for not showing up at the studio every week, um, but we will hope to correct that situation in the coming few weeks and and, and continue shooting out. Uh, we are just at a year end. It is really important that if people have been listening to the podcast and they want to support the podcast... Um, or they're following the legal cases, and they want to follow the legal cases. We need your support to finish out the year end. Yeah, and um, we're defending Canadians. So uh, I know that uh, even I, even as we just begin this show, uh, we're going to be talking about the people who are actually persecuting these brothers and sisters that we are defending. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why we're shooting this show is because I can wake up in anger a lot of the days. If I wake up in anger and think about the ways that the government is overreaching, the ways that the courts are are corrupted and you can and you can see these things as as you and I track and follow things. I think if you're not involved, you don't really see behind the veil of how much the government's doing. And so you know, I have to wake up a lot of mornings in anger based upon the research that we're doing, based right. upon the things that James is discovering in court. And as a, as a believer in Christ and as a, a, as a pastor, um, what do we do about all of that anger? Um, certainly, um, we are not going to approach this with any of the leftist jargon where they're just using the word anti-hate or hatred in such a light and ridiculous way. Um, but there is a, a real enemy, and and it is hard not to hate our real enemies. And so we're not going to use a trite word for that. We're, we're going to use – we're going to describe the real feelings that we have about that and then what to do about it.
1: That's a good point, Mike, actually, just on the outset before we dive in, um, to recognize that hate is often thrown at anybody who dares to oppose any of the – totalitarian creep or the perversion creep that's taking place in our culture. And so if you oppose that in any way, um, even the March, um, the million man March for to protect children was labeled as a hate movement. All right. So it it is used as in a manipulative way to try to scare people out of any kind of action. And, And no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the real human emotion. Somebody feels when their way of life is being crushed or suffocated um, and if you're not feeling any of that this morning, we're going to throw some red meat at you uh, just to really kind just of for give breakfast, co- just just, just for because breakfast. it's the other club and we're supposed to be dining together. Um, but today we're just kind of dining on uh, liberal disaster and destruction that's taking place. So <clears throat> Tim, before help. you get to the list, yeah. I just
0: want to make that last connection on on that point that we're making. So. Christians are commanded in scripture not to be hateful. So the left knows full well that they're using a word that gets the Christian to say, oh, I'm just naturally resisting evil. You're calling me a hater. Oh, therefore, I must be in sin. I must actually be full of hate. And we're going to make sure that you understand the difference between being someone who is called a name for a political end or for a um for a uh, perverted end and how do you actually deal with your own emotion of anger towards those who are unjust that's a very different world you know you can you can parent your children very well and still they they they, they you know you, they, they wiggle their finger at you and say, Daddy, you mean – or, or you can actually be an oppressive, terrible, hatred, bitter parent who looks at your kids and says, I don't like you because I have to. I have to take care of you. Christians have to really be discerning, and that's partly why. I wake up with honest anger. We're going to talk about how to deal with it when we face all this list. So it's just yeah. – it's helping people, again, not get suckered in. To that labeling, that ad hominem argumentation, that bait and switch that so
1: happens in culture. So, for the one or two but people give us the of meat. You, yeah. So, for the one or two of you who have not been awake or living under a rock for the last nine years, let's just welcome to the club. club. Welcome to the club. Yeah, we're 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 just going to do a brief synopsis on sort of the low points. Uh, I was going to say the lows and the highs, but they're sort of of the same moral direction. It's so, just low. <clears throat> it's just, just lows. It's just so low. let's 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 go back to the beginning. 2015. Let's just do a little nine-year synopsis. Number one, Justin Trudeau's office has violated violated early on in their tenure. Uh, arguably, one of the m- most important three pillars of a just society, and that is the separation of the court system. From political pressure or considerations when his own office pressured then Attorney General Jody Wilson to drop charges against SNC-Lavalin, she resigned. Number two, he's also the only prime minister in Canadian history to be found guilty three separate times of a conflict of interest or ethics violation as a standing PM. Do you want me to just to say quiet for the whole list, or can I jump you, in on the big ones yeah no you no I'd love you to to swing at some of these Mike. so uh, the the that, that that first point you brought up, Tim, I'm so glad you
0: brought it up when you had political pressure on the attorney general because remember we're seeing this in the United States all over the place right now we, we're we're seeing like the criminal justice system uh derailed. Because a politician says, hey, don't, like, turn a blind eye. It, it's it's a form of bribery. Um, it's a form of injustice. And when that happened in Canada, and nothing has transpired positively since then, from the attorney general down, you have corrupted justice. So I'm so glad you brought that first one up. I'm going to let you probably get through sure. most of the other ones. But that was a huge one that I think slipped by people because typically they just think – because, because, because there's just a, a there's political a, scandal.
1: It's just yeah, whatever, a, right? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, we heard that in the news. But, I mean, that is one of the great hallmarks of a third-world country or a communist country is when, the, is when the ruling party goes to the court system and pressures them um, to drop charges. So this is Canada now. This is just commonplace in Canada. Uh, Number three, his government has rapidly and irreversibly expanded the federal bureaucracy to where the federal government is now, since the Canadian federal liberals took over, now the largest employer in Canada. Number four, Canada, with an emphasis in Ontario, of course, our home province, enforced some of the harshest and longest-lasting COVID restrictions and penalties for those who resisted. At least four pastors, I believe it is, Mike, saw the inside of a prison cell during that period. Number five, federal debt is the highest ever in Canadian history um, per GDP and in real dollars. Spending that has blown up inflation, which has driven Canadians to despair, loss of investment and property, eviction, among other problems. On that point, everybody should
0: listen to our other club episode on how – the printing of money and how governments actually cause inflation, yep. so this is all all of that stuff that's been done about federal debt we covered that has has it's an arbitrary way for the government to uh what they think control the economy mm-hmm. but it always hurts the citizenry and helps. The government's buying power but it's it's it so they should look into that because it's just all the government's fault the more the more our children can't pay for our debt the actual uh the actuality is the less you can live utilizing your own money
1: right which which like, robs you of your independence and your liberty. yes that, uh, that's the school- goal of that My sub point to that would be that none of this spending has created any lasting legacy on the strength of the family, the quality of our education, the liberty of the church and other important institutions. In fact, it's it's, uh, actually constrained them or confidence in foreign investment into our economy, which economy is sort of the driving force of general quality of life, along with spiritual health and so forth. Number seven, our immigration policy, along with socialistic policies, has created a shelter crisis that is unparalleled in history in this country. Uh, With one of the most expensive housing markets in the world, the average Canadian home has doubled in cost in nine years since the Liberals took over, doubled in cost. That's a stat you can take to the bank, and it is more than double that of the United States right now, the average home in Canada. We are in a shelter crisis by pure result of Liberal policies. Number eight, Liberals invoked a War Measures Act against the world-famous and peaceful truck protest almost two years ago bringing violent riot police against peaceful lines of demonstrators, which was live streamed all over the world. And Uh, by the way,
0: uh, that was my, that was my line in the sand.
1: So a lot of people say, Hey, why,
0: why are you still, you know, running Liberty Coalition, Canada and living in Kentucky? Um, Mm -hmm. The reason, the reason for that is uh, I wrote on a list and I said to my wife, if he does these three things, um, then We're we're out and, and we might come back in. Yeah. But we're going to fight from a bit of a distance because uh, of these things, and so we just followed through on that decision. So invoking the War Measures Act, which again, to be technically, it was the Emergency it Measures the act, act, but that's which was on the parallel. Replacement. Yes. It was the replacement of the War Measures Act, but that's yeah. fine.
1: And and um,
0: look at us being correct and well, careful.
1: And I said it was a War Measure Act, so I didn't use the proper name. But and on top of that, Mike, the as a subpoint to that, they did a uh, commission hearing. To determine the legitimacy of the use of that act, all of Canada's top brass, CSIS, uh, uh, our intelligence agency, head of RCMP, um, head of the local police force, all top brass who testified at that hearing said unequivocally that there was no threat to public peace, there was no credible threat to any terror level, and there was no uh, credible threat to the government of Canada. And so they basically put down on record that the War Measures Act or the Emergency Act was unjustified, and the commission in the end decided to vindicate the the federal government. They ignored all the testimony. Like we're, we're in a banana republic. It's, it was a kangaroo court where the decision was predetermined, and they moved on. So Canadians so just, don't get accountability. They don't get justice for it. I, I just I can want feel the everybody blood. to hear your point
0: there, Tim. I, yeah. I just want – everybody hear that point so i think when we say banana republic or kangaroo court or we're in a like a dictatorship people kind of just all of a sudden their eyes glaze over or yeah, yeah. And, and like one thing that we've learned is that these things are not that exaggerated so mm-hmm. it's a, a a kangaroo court is simply a court that pretends to do justice -hmm. And even incorporates part of the process, yes. But then, um, but then does not
1: follow through. The ruling doesn't resemble. I'll give you. The ruling doesn't resemble any of the any of the proceedings. The ruling uh, is essentially totally detached from the proceedings.
0: Yeah, and look, I I I was watching uh, the movie Bridge of Spies with uh, Tom Hanks, and and talks about Gary Powers in the United States becoming a. Becoming um, uh, a captive to the Soviets and uh, talking about a, a, a Soviet spy who had been captured by the Americans, and this guy's asked to do to—he's to, asked to be the defense lawyer, and he's like, "I'm an insurance, I'm an insurance lawyer," and he's asked to be a defense lawyer, so there is an appearance of justice. But as he gets going through it, everybody just is like, "No, like we w- we want the world to see that we're a just nation," but like. It's a, it's a foregone conclusion that the guy's guilty yeah. Yeah. and he's like, it might be a foregone conclusion that he's guilty, but you have to follow the rules of our law. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so when we say these big terms, everybody, it, it like, it just takes a little pat on the back. It, this is not like another world. Like this stuff has happened all throughout history and is happening in Canada again. And when I just want people to realize that it doesn't take much for a little wink, wink, Pat on the back, closed room meeting, to say, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we broke the emergency. Yeah, we know we didn't talk to the truckers once, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs>
1: but you're not going to do anything
0: about <laughs> you're it. you are not going to do anything about it. Like, like we want everybody to think we're a just nation, but at the end of the day, we did the right thing, even uh, if the law says that we didn't do the right thing. Like, right. it doesn't take a lot for that mm-hmm. to happen.
1: Yep. Um. And and um. And and this essentially. You know when our prime minister talks about defending democracy and our we need to protect our democracy. What democracy is supposed to do is put is separation of powers, where you can have a government held to account for a terrible decision and an unjust decision like they did. when democracy dies is essentially when those powers have been so stripped because of political pressure. We got to keep moving, Mike, because we, I'm halfway through these. Uh, number nine, they changed the criminal code to declare natural sexuality. And yes, I said natural. That is male-female sexuality and the structure of the family to be a myth, the violation of which consists of teaching or helping somebody climb out of a homosexual or gender dysphoric lifestyle this carries a five-year prison sentence in this country. Number two, can, Canada... free
0: advert for Daily Wire. Apparently, they just put out a new spoof. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know if it's clean. I hope it is. Um, but everybody needs to go watch it in order to shake yourself out of that of that evil. Stupid. And yeah. um, again, folks, like, did you ever wake up and say, "A a boy can become a girl"? No, you know, you never did. That's official Canada policy now. It, 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 what I, what you just Literally. said and I just said is a myth, and it's punishable by five years. So yep. go ahead. Keep going.
1: Number Some crazy 10. Stuff. It's making yep. me mad. Yeah. I'm, getting I, I, I'm getting there too. I forget what this is. Podcasting. We're working ourselves up hopefully that helps with the point uh, number ten Canada now exhibits a Chinese style censorship uh, and restriction to worldwide news worldwide news and information if you're looking at social media and you say this see this content is not available in Canada that's what the Chinese are used to seeing and North Koreans when they flip on their internet they have like a sh- uh, like a Truman show version that's Canada's becoming that very quickly you see that on your social media uh, new hate speech. And anti-hate laws have attacked freedom of assembly and expression. Uh, So you're not allowed to protest certain things. You're not allowed to speak out against certain things. Um, So a lot of power is being placed in the hands of the Human Rights Commission against so-called minorities, which basically sort of is a shorthand now for perverts who want to exercise their perversion in public. Number 12, Canada is a leading partner with heavy-handed surveillance policies with European nations to control travel and domestic activity through digital ID programs. This was just announced last week, a new partnership with an emphasis on digital ID with European the European Union. Canada is a, is a uh, pilot partner with uh, Holland to create a worldwide digital vaccine passport to limit travel. Number 13, our prime minister exhibits, this is just a fun one, an absolutely vapid understanding of moral, civic, or social issues, and is a constant global embarrassment you read okay, let me, any foreign, let foreign me talk papers? to this because yeah. this
0: is this is something that I woke up the other day just fuming mad. It, yeah. Trudeau just got his most recent booster. I don't know. Maybe this is 25. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I know what
1: you're talking. And about. And
0: the man had the audacity to say vaccines cause adults.
1: No, he was wearing. He didn't say it. He was wearing a T-shirt.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. He was wearing a T-shirt. Like a he punk. Said, <laughs> he had the he had the audacity to wear a T-shirt. If I didn't say that, I'm sorry. Like leave me alone. He had the audacity to wear a T-shirt that said "vaccine causes adults," and the the this just infuriated me. There's a few things. Number one, it's a medical statement that's actually utterly medically untrue. So in the in in the context of advocating for a medicine, I'm going to say something completely non-medical. Number two, it's playing on vaccines cause. Harm or injury. So, parents and individuals who have been watching the adverse reactions, it is a direct insult to them. And it's just a bully tactic for anybody to say, nana, nana, boo, boo. If you don't get vaccinated, you're not an adult. Are you kidding me? If I don't get vaccinated, if I'm a healthy person. Just because you're I'm healthy child. and I don't want your drug, I, I can't you're be a, an adult in your country. You're a
1: child if you don't take this crap which by the way his government is sitting on billions of dollars worth of the product because confidence in these things even among canadians has plummeted so I, it, it, it this is like the cool kid this is like it's not even the, the cool kid it's the it's, it's the rich kid in the school who yeah. doesn't know that everybody sees through his his facade and yet and he even knows it but he's so proud and wrapped up in his own mythical world that is he's he the number he one down. employer
0: in canada he knows yeah. all of his employees will just vote for themselves because they want yeah. to keep a big old government and keep growing it that that's the that is a, you could you combine that 13 point with the the point you made about canadian yeah. government being so large and 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 you see it you know i i bet you could probably get everybody who works in the federal government to go wear those t-shirts why, why don't we should try to try Third that experiment. twitter campaign see if we get them all to be as brash and bold and obnoxious as their boss
1: this is a throwback here number 14 uh he uh, this may trigger a couple of your memories he has almost totally achieved his stated goal or assertion that canada would be the first post national state uh, which exhibits quote no identity and no mainstream experience for the canadian people um and i i think he's very much pushed us toward that end he said this at near the beginning of his tenure that we would be basically a country with no identity um and and you see all the cultural and ethnic clashes that are taking place now and and he's done that he's divided us into our factions and helped suck out the last remaining vestiges of sort of a religious commonality and christianity that that we had that his father of course directly took a blow at in the late 60s and they've been working against ever since and to top it all off this week his finance minister christia freeland Tweeted and I quote We are lifting the GST and HST on all counseling and psychotherapy services so that Canadians can receive the support they need. This is a I, government I, I I mean you I, I actually don't mind that one because
0: <laughs> I, I don't mind it if because you're- because it, it demonstrates
1: that they recognize how oppressive that their we're going taxation is. and that we're going insane. That Canadians are literally crying in their cars, into their phones, making yeah. videos about how they can't afford it. Their families are broken up. They can't get to work. The highway has been closed down. Riots are breaking out. Their family hates them. Their child died from the vaccine. Their daughter's paralyzed for, and it's like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll waive the tax on your psych bill. This month. It literally like, sounds thanks, like thanks. Prince
0: John. <laughs> like, no. I, I, so you're right. That is infuriating because because the same conversations that's been going on about the carbon tax. So oh, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. lift the carbon tax and yeah. give away free heaters. So and that you go. Know, can, can you hear yourself? Why don't you, so you lift fifty percent f- of the taxes? Like, wh- why now? And why here? And why is the pressure point right there? It's because you. You're, you're showing us, you know, exactly what you're doing. We are taxing you until the breaking point. And once we've figured out the breaking point and we've figured out, okay, this is the breaking point. Then this is how big we can build the government and all live big, luxurious lives in the government. It's right at that point where that converges. We'll carefully, you know, peel back a little bit of taxation, peel, bring it back a bit, but, they're you're they're, they're
1: figuring out the breaking point and to quote maximus hey, guess what
0: canadians are at the breaking point
1: we are to quote maximus decimus meridius <laughs> am i not merciful okay so we i got a lightning round the because we don't want to leave our american listeners out i got a lightning round this mike and then we got to get to the solution here all right let uh, me
0: l- let me walk through this then you yeah can you do it yep okay yep. so in the u.s here joe biden has almost undoubtedly ushered into the presidency by means of manipulating the Democratic Party primary and through tampering and fraud in the federal election. Yes, he was he was undoubtedly yeah. ushered in in that respect. Yeah. The US federal government has siphoned billions of dollars through Ukraine at the expense of US citizens. That's right. That's a that's a that's a significant issue and just so you know right now in the Canadian news, there you know because the Conservative Party is moving away from like Unrestrained, um, un—you know, like totally it rains cut off uh, support for Ukraine. Um, the Canadian, got, the Liberals, are tweeting out even this morning that uh, that that polyev is following the far right of the U.S. government. Well, meanwhile, oh, yeah. the U.S. is like they've spent so much money they're not excited about it. Um, you have billions of dollars released to Iran. Uh, who has likely directed the Hamas terrorism? And just on that point, you have hundreds of protests all across the United States, pro-Hamas protests. That's a that's a major problem going on right now, where Muslims are flexing their muscles all around the world. Stage two jihad. That's a that's a that's a that's a people group. That's a worldview. That's a religion that is hard not to hate, um, because we're trying to figure out how to respond to them. Then you have, yep, you have the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, which was a, one of the worst military exits in modern history. We saw people falling from planes. And uh, we we had an airspace that they had guarded, uh, an airport that they had guarded and protected. They, we, we had the giving up of that airport that made the exit so awful. Um, we have left-wing states across the Union, yep, like California, like Ohio, Um I'm not sure if Michigan's on this one but basically lifting the li- lift, lifting the protections um I, for the uh preborn and uh we had this victory of Roe v Wade but now liberal left wing liberal states are are uh are harming the innocent there's not equal protection uh example that'd be Ohio uh and then of course um you have the open border on the South and you have a very strict border on the North. I know many Canadians are probably very frustrated and many Americans are probably really frustrated that uh, the the borders are so open. And finally uh, you're seeing pro-trans bills um, going out in States like California where um, parents are actually being threatened to have their children remo- removed from their home. If they will not acknowledge that a boy can change to be a girl. And so So everybody, if that doesn't make your blood boil, it's – yes. So if your blood isn't boiling – now, again, we we set this up so that we would acknowledge our own tendency now to figure – to have to struggle with anger. So with that being said, here are the scriptures – that are going to start guiding us on what to do. So Matthew 5, 43 to 48. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Or not even the tax collector, sorry, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, Tim, I just want to kind of walk through that text a little bit to to give us some understanding of it. Uh, First of all, the command to hate your enemy appears nowhere in in the Old Testament. Um, there are a number of passages in the Old Testament where um, the psalmist, and we're going to get to that, talks about and expresses the feeling of hatred towards uh, his enemies. But there's no command to hate your enemies. And so that was a common teaching that came from the traditions of the Pharisees, not from the Old Testament. And this is something that when people read, uh, when, when people read the Sermon on the Mount, when, when, the, when Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, too many people automatically assume, okay, that's a teaching from the Old Testament. So Jesus is contradicting scripture. No, no, no. Jesus is standing saying, you've heard from your teachers of the law. You've heard from the Pharisees this. But I am telling you that this is actually what the word of the Lord says. So for example... Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself is a quote from Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your enemy as yourself. I am the Lord. And so in this context, the neighbor has wronged you. The neighbor has done something that would cause you to uh, naturally by your sinful nature hold a grudge so they've locked you up they've uh, they've protested about palestine and and pro they're, they're pro hamas and they are out in the streets celebrating the rape and murder of children they're they're dumb little libtards who are out in the street they've never looked at an abortion they they don't have a family yet they don't understand the 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 treasure of children and so they're murdering uh, their their children in their wombs and the, the, and and you want to you want to be angry you want to hold grudges you, you want to let that that feeling stir in you and you want to take revenge. That's actually Leviticus nineteen. Do not seek revenge. And so, Tim, just as we're getting into this, what what the Pharisees has do, had done is because there's that little phrase, "Do not seek re- revenge or bear a grudge against one of your own people." The Pharisees had ignored other scriptures and said, well, that's a command to love your own, which then gives you permission because it, because it doesn't say anything about other people like nations around you, other ethnicities, um, other people groups, other worldviews, it, it, because it doesn't say anything about that. It only says love your own. Therefore, you can hate your enemies. You, you can hate the people that are far from you. So that's how the the Pharisees had twisted this, but there's two things, or there's three things that that clarify that. I'm going to pass you the mic in a second, Tim, but here are the three things that clarify that. First of all, Leviticus 19 itself is combining the idea of neighbor and enemy. In In the actual context of that verse, your neighbor has functioned as your enemy. So it makes no sense to turn and say, love your neighbor, who by the way, in this verse is acting like an enemy love your neighbor, but you can hate your enemies. It it just makes no sense from that verse itself. Then you get to Exodus 23, verse four and five. And it says, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there, but be sure to help him with it. And so here's an example of, I can be at a protest. I can be trying to speak truth to a situation and the counter protesters can be on the other side. I'm not supposed to be filled with anger and vengeance and, and trying to harm them. I'm simply trying to uphold the rule of law. But then on the way home from the protest, as a Christian believer, someone can't get into their car if they've lost their keys. I can, in one hand, tell them the truth and then in the next moment, because my heart is careful to love my enemy, I can figure out how to make sure they get a ride home. That That's the, that's the difference here.
1: And I want to point out too that love, when it says love your enemy, we're not talking about an emotional connection to them. We're not talking about drumming up sort of – a, a com- feelings toward them because people say, well, like, I mean, that's useless anyway. Right. So what the scripture emphasizes as love is an act. It's an act of courteous courtesy or service or, or mercy toward them when you could otherwise make their life miserable. See you have a donkey uh, who's wandering off, who belongs to your enemy. Just go bring it back to him. That's love. Yeah. If, uh, we also need to emphasize that love is a, is a physical action that you, that you do. It's not a way you feel about somebody. So I can't love my enemy adequately sitting in my basement and just thinking nice thoughts about them. We're talking about real world interaction. And that sort of also assumes real world interaction uh, where our enemies are around us. They're about us. We share a city with them. Um, And this is how we're called to interact with them. And, and
0: they feel like we're their enemy. And we feel like they're their enemy because we actually are enemies.
1: We like stand on opposite sides of huge you, questions.
0: What you just said is so important, Tim. Here's something that I've noticed within all Christendom right now. Anyway, maybe Wow, that's a big thing, all Christendom. I've noticed this across the board in North America. One of the ways, as you just said, Tim, where people try to love their enemies and try to drum up these empathetic um, feelings and con- – is people constantly victimize sinners. And so they say to love my enemy is to remove the guilt, to Mm. remove the offense of what they actually did and ignore that and explain it away by making them a victim. Rather than the true reality of it is you are my actual enemy. You are an enemy of God. You are full Mm. of evil. But I saw your donkey wandering off. And so I brought it back to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, your children name call my children, but I noticed that you had fallen off your donkey and you you had your legs stuck underneath your load. And I helped you get up. Mm -hmm. It is not, I helped you get up because, oh, you're such a victim of all of the other things you're doing. No, in this moment, I'm choosing this action, Tim. That's such a good point. We do not Mm. try to drum up false narratives about people and excuse their behavior as enemies as a way to love them no we see them as they are yeah an enemy and we choose to love them even as we see them as they are so you know deuteronomy 23 do not abhor the edomite for he is your brother do not abhor the egyptian because you lived as an alien in his country and here's here's to our point the third generation of children born to them may enter the assembly of the lord so so the, 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 the mindset behind loving your enemy is it's not to excuse their behavior. It's not to ignore their behavior. It's not to redefine their behavior as a victim. Mm-hmm. It is to say, I am struggling with actual anger and hatred towards you because of how evil you are. But I will choose this act of service, as you've just said, so that maybe your children might repent. Maybe you might repent. Maybe you might hear the gospel and turn, and then an enemy would become a friend.
1: Hmm. That uh, one of the important things in Matthew um, that you're reading, that passage we've reading with Matthew 5, Jesus highlights that, hey, even pagans love their own family, right? Almost everybody on this earth has a degree of respect and love toward their own which actually highlights how evil things like child drag queen story hour is when parents bring their own children into these perverted environments. It actually, it shows the degree of judgment that God has placed upon people, but that's sort of a side note, but almost everybody looks after their own. They take care of their own. They love their own. The The true test of genuine Christianity is how believers treat those with whom they are naturally inclined to hate or mistreat or persecute uh, because of the antithesis of their lifestyles, because of the, confrontation between worldviews because of the opposition that we face. Um, We have this even among Christians between us. I think Paul spoke to this in first Corinthians six, where he said, man, you guys don't even treat each other that way. You're not even loving each other properly. He says the very fact that you have lawsuits among you means that you have been completely defeated already. You've already surrendered your moral Ground your moral high ground as believers. You've you've forfeited your witness to the world. Why not rather be wronged? This is Paul talking in the Bible. Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do this to your own brothers. And so, the the, the scriptures are very searching in that man. We are very quick to exert revenge and exact justice from people, and and to um, demand what we believe we deserve. Uh, When when there is a calling for a Christian, there's a space here for grace. There's a space here for extending kindness and love and acts of mercy and service toward those who don't deserve it. And it's because there's a greater end in mind and that God says, I may bring those people into your assembly. I may bring them into the kingdom. And if you treat them as a permanent enemy that you're going to actually treat as an enemy, uh, you're creating a, a barrier to them to come in. So I there and there's a lot more of this in the New Testament as well. Mike, well, do you not re- repay evil for evil.
0: Yeah. So Romans chapter 12 talks about that, Tim. And again, I think the reason why we're highlighting this is we're going to get to all of the times of confrontation. So people get confused about um, the idea of lowering the threshold between good and evil. They get they get confused about well if i if i see that person as an enemy aren't i being evil but when we're talking what we're talking about is scripture is careful number 1 scripture labels your enemy as your enemy if your if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink and so um when we talk about these commands not to pay, re- evil, uh, to re- pay evil for evil, not to seek revenge, to um, love and to um, pray for, it, it, it doesn't take away the tension that there are actual enemies. And So, for example, when Nathan had to go to David and Nathan had to confront David about sleeping with Bathsheba murdering Uriah doing all of this at a time when he should have been out leading his army in the first place when when Jesus confronted the Pharisees time and time again when Jesus confronted his disciples at different times these are all examples of how the believer in one moment um, hates evil and even st- and, and 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 treats other people like an enemy so people say that that ism you know love this love the love hate the sin love the sinner that it's not really the way it works out tim because the sinner is not separated from the sin you actually you actually hate the sin and acknowledge that the sinner is your enemy now th- that's important but what do you do with that well you serve them and then you pray for them. And I want to give an example, though, of how this was so, so well uh, shown for us in the Old Testament. Um, David, in Psalm 59, he wrote Psalm 59 when Saul had sent men to uh, watch over David's house in order to kill him. And Psalm 59 is an example of an imprecatory psalm. And it says things like, they return at evening snarling like dogs, and they prowl about the city, see what they spew from their mouths, and they spew swords from their lips, and they say, who can hear us? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You scoff at all of those nations. And the psalm goes on to pray that God would judge these people and that God would protect the king. And Tim, this is the, this is the real balance. Even when Jesus says, serve your enemy and pray for them, there are times of prayer that we say, God, would you deliver them from their own evil? And then there are times where you pray and say, Lord, I want to take vengeance, but I am leaving room for you to have your vengeance. And so I am just praying that you would have your vengeance upon them. And we leave the one-to-one offense, we allow God to be our vindicator for one-to-one offenses.
1: And, and this is so important because a lot of conservative worldview <clears throat> today just doesn't have a place for God we want like a secular conservatism. Well, this doesn't work under a secular conservatism, does it? We, we have to pursue. And the the irony is that we don't really, I don't even see secular conservatives really waging war either against their ideological enemies. So it's not working for you without God one way or the other. So this is why we're calling people come into God's kingdom, come through Christ, acknowledge him as the King. And if you're a ruler or a, a, a Senator or a, Counselor, town counselor, kiss the son lest he rebuke you. He is the ruler and the king of kings. So we urge everybody, that is the way to life and eternal life. And it's also the way that we deal with evil in a, in a real world sense. Because God is not often some cosmic parallel universe. He is interested in and he is active in the affairs of this world. Uh, the, the psalmist writes, oh Lord, in that same Psalm 59, Mike, God Almighty, the God of Israel, rouse yourself to punish all the nations, show no mercy to wicked traitors and and we see that god god 's justice plays out in the real world in in real time as well. We even see Herod in the New Testament who is praised as a God, he refuses to acknowledge the living God and it says he dies right there and he 's eaten by worms all right so there is there is a there's a risk to those who stand against God's people and who stand in pride against God. So all that we just have mentioned in the earlier part of this show, all the ways that the evil rouse themselves to oppose God, his people and his kingdom, they stand in grave risk of judgment. And I just want to close with this kind of question, Mike, as we and maybe just, th- we can throw this back and forth a little bit. But when we talk about the attitude of prayer and kindness toward our enemies, that can seem to many like a convenient withdrawal from the battle. It's like, oh, there's those Christians again. They just want to go and pray. They don't want to do anything. Um, and I just, I want to answer that concern um, because we don't believe in doing nothing, obviously, f- from the lives we've lived and so forth. Uh, but it can seem like a convenient withdrawal. Uh, how, how do you answer that? Because, and I want to pair that with Amos 5.15 that commands us to continually hate evil. We, again, we cannot just syncretize and mesh into the evil and say, well, that's love. We can't, we can't just become t- intoxicated ourselves with the evil and lose our opposition to it and call that love. So how, how do you hold that tension? Where is the Christian position in the real world, in real kingdom building, in real opposing evil as it, as it unfolds? And, and kind of spin into that whatever else you were going to say as well.
0: I really like how you've how you've framed that question. So I think we've tried to answer that throughout the podcast so far. That's why we've been taking time on this. Nathan didn't say, Oh, I love David. So I'm not gonna mention his sin and I'm not gonna call him to repent. And I'm not gonna make a public stink about it. Um I'm I'm gonna let him not put it into the annals of scripture so that um for time and memoriam people can read it and go oh look david's like like it could have been removed from scripture if david the king wanted it to be removed like but it's included and nathan nathan confronted him and so the way that we answer this question is we continue as i've said earlier we continue to actually define our enemies as enemies we don't pretend everybody's a friend, and when our enemies are speaking lies, like Hamas is a is a is a is a is, a, is defending itself against an occupation, like moral equivalency for um, an Israeli soldier shooting uh, 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 sh- shooting um, uh, an, a a jihadist is the same as um, a jihadist coming and raping a woman in front of her dying child. Um, Like um, looking at a woman and going, yes, it's very hard that you now have to bear a child in a a, a situation that's going to be hard for you because you chose to have sex. But bear the child or you're a murderer – Like in all of these situations, we have to continue to define evil. Like you just said, we're told to hate it or to define our enemies, not to pretend they're friends. You just said exactly the right thing there, Tim, where we can't be lulled off to now redefine love to some ridiculous thing where we love evil and love evildoers. But it is this constant restraint that we personally hold to say, I'm not going to take personal revenge. I'm not going to take – I'm not going to repay evil for evil. That person insulted me. I'm not then going to beat up their their wife or I'm not going to go then threaten their business. Like I am only going to uphold justice. And again, now this is where citizens who live with representative government – they call out to their government for justice. And this is where protesting and this is where speaking and writing and all these things are, are ways to say to the government, it's your job to actually punish true criminal evil. And so we're calling upon you to do it, but we're not taking Vengeance into our own hands that is the way that we pray our way through things, but we don 't become inactive and the church has fallen into both of those pits. you look at the average you look at the average church today, and they are confused about whether a man can be a a, a woman or they 're confused about homosexuality we 're seeing we you know we're seeing all the big wig evangelicals in the US cave on the LGBT stuff because of what you just exactly explained Tim they're being lulled to redefine the enemy as a friend when the enemy's not a friend and then on the other hand they're being lulled away just to pray because anything else would be seen as treating them as enemies so so we we stay in the fight for justice. We do that through a legal means. And of course, at times that does mean just war theory does come into effect, but we are not seeking personal vengeance. And that is what Jesus is confronting. So when I wake up in the morning and I am boiling hot mad at some of the elders who have really hurt me personally over the years, some of the Christians who have really, you know, really offended me so many of these politicians where we just wake up and you've had a bad dream and you're thinking about all of the terrible things these politicians are doing you say okay lord how can i be a part of seeking true justice but father as you as i as i come into their presence help me to serve them help me to pray for them sometimes praying for their mercy sometimes praying for their judgment but i am submitting i am submitting them to you i'm i'm seeking justice over here but i'm not personally walking around full of anger and revenge and e- and 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 evil talk and and tim we're taking this because this is literally what what, what we're struggling with this is this is a, this is a real battle right now as we see the rise of islam all around the world as we see the fall of the west as we see uncertainty around us there's a lot of people to be angry at and there's a lot of real enemies and so this is how we're going to deal with it we're going to seek justice in the nation we're going to be a part of 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 correcting and we're going to be prophets but we're going to be very very careful that if i see him, if i see Justin Trudeau on the street i'm not running up to him and looking to punch him in the face i'm I'm, I'm running up to him and I'm saying, man, I wish you could have held your marriage together. And is there anything I could do to help you reconcile your marriage?
1: That's a searching word. Um, again, I just, it's countercultural. Christianity um, is, a, is a countercultural movement. It's also a culture building movement. So we don't live to just oppose. We are also called to build and to establish Um, And again, that, that begins in your own heart and in your own home. And that's why we do want to emphasize a personal encounter with Christianity, because we believe that these good changes that we all want to see, they have to begin with us right in our own hearts. And how we view our enemies is it's sort of the litmus test from the very beginning. Is God your God? Is God your defender? Do you trust God for justice? And if so, then you can be equipped and filled and ready and commissioned to establish that justice in the public square. Um, but, if it, but if it's a haphazard throwing firebrands at our enemies, we're not gonna be ready to to establish the justice that needs to come after, after justice does come to these evildoers. And so we really do believe in a positive vision for society that we will be the architects of, uh, but, it, but it has to begin with a right heart position and a, and a, and a basic faith in and hope in God um, who is governing all things and, 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 but that doesn't take us us out of the mix. We are very much his agency, his people and, and his church and his kingdom are the agents of, of these good things that we want to see. And so we're, we make no bones about that. We uh, we don't apologize about that. And we want to call and usher in and invite our listeners to, to join us in that mission. Again, just come to Christ, come to Christ, declare him King, acknowledge him as King um, and we can I'm, I'm publicly take his kingship yeah. publicly take his kingship. But again, you can't do any
0: of this. You can't define justice without knowing Christ. That's right. And you can't restrain yourself without like a lot of people think justice is taking vengeance and, and it's not hmm. because as we see in first Corinthians five, there it's often you go too far. Hmm. So how often are you fighting with your wife and you know, okay, this is a solution. Right now, but man, she took a pound. She took a pound of flesh, so I am gonna take a pound right back. But then, by the time you are done, you've taken five pounds of flesh. Like you, 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 in anger, have called her things that are gonna damage your relationship for for years. Maybe the man, unfortunately, who who gets physical, you, you've just, you've just, you've just so far gone over the line. That you do wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you actually move from being the person who is in a conflict to actually the wrongdoer. Mm -hmm. And I've had to repent of this many times, not of that specifically with my wife. I've had to repent of uh, just not taking enough care with my words with individuals and all of those types of things.
1: Is that Trudeau calling right now? Is it maybe he's watching?
0: Uh, yeah, I think he wants to talk. Well, unfortunately, uh, it's not him. I wish it were. Okay. Anyways, everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening, mm-hmm. Tim. I, as usual, it's been great. I think we've tackled something that's close to both of our hearts, and God's mm-hmm. dealing with us on. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give us our last words?
1: Yeah, uh, listeners, it's it's always great. Uh, we we just do appreciate if you would share the show, um, promote it, post it do what you can, um, to help grow the influence of this institution. We do believe that we are bearing a torch for Liberty uh, and we're doing our best. So, um, like, and share and follow and do all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, we're going to try to be, I'm going to try to be more regular as the other club co-anchor, um, as we move into the deep winter months here. And it's, uh, we hope you'll join us for that. So, uh, look for us next week on the other club with Dr. Michael Teeson and Timothy Tiso godspeed farewell
0: i said i'd give you the last word and i lied everybody watch the video that is just about to follow biblical sexuality sunday is coming up january 14th nice. and we want as many churches to be involved as possible this is this is exactly what we're talking about we are engaging mm. with teaching and building while declaring to the to the government, that they're uh, ungodly, and we're doing it um, for the purpose that they might repent. So have a look at the video, get ready to participate in Biblical Sexuality Sunday and encourage your pastor to do so. Godspeed. The bill itself would seem to prevent an individual from being able to seek out counsel from the word of God. Bill C four, an act to amend the Criminal Code, deemed read a third time and passed. That's satanic. All those opposed to the honourable member moving the motion, will please say nay. Agreed. It is therefore illegal now to help someone climb the slope of sexual virtue in Canada.
1: There being no dissenting voice, I declare the motion carried. This is your biology. This is this is what sexuality is. To say that now is a crime in Canada.
0: The hips on the drag ping go swish swish swish.
1: These are symptoms of a society in decay.
0: And the only hope for our nation is is repentance.